Thank you for tuning in to Valley Rise Church. We're so glad you decided to join us today. For more information on sermon series and service times, you can visit us online at valleyrisechurch.com. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you enjoy today's message. Would you bow your heads with me and we'll jump into it. Jesus, thank you so much for today. Thank you for your words, God. Thank you that you alone can open our hearts. You alone can bring revelation to our hearts and our minds. God, I ask today that it wouldn't be my words, but that it'd be your words, that you would bring revelation to our heart. That you would open our eyes, God, to see what you see. Speak to us like only you can, I pray. God, we pray for each and every person here, whatever they walked in the doors with this week, that they would cast it to you, Jesus. Jesus, we pray for those hurting today, those broken around the world. God, we pray for El Paso and Ohio. The tragedy is there, God, and we ask that your peace would be with those families, that your presence would be with those families, and that your name, God, would be lifted up somehow in the midst of all of this evil. God, we love you, and today we say thank you. Thank you for letting us be here together. Thank you for giving us another day on this earth. Thank you for the people that are here with us. Bless us and keep us. Watch over us. Protect us in Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen. Hey, how many of you have ever asked, um, and be honest, because if you haven't, like, then we, you need to pastor me. I don't know. Uh, God, what's your plan for my life? What is your plan for my life? How many of you have ever asked that? None of you. Okay, cool. That's cool. A few of you. That's good. Everyone else that had their hands on is a liar. You guys should just know that. Because we all at some point have come to a place where we've said, hey, what, what is the plan for my life? God, what are, you want, what are you trying to do in my life? And I wanted to kick off our 21 days of prayer month with this message because I think oftentimes when we pray, one of the main prayers that we end up praying is, God, what do you want to do in my life? God, what are you trying to show me? God, what are you trying to speak to me? You ever have those people that, that uh, maybe you don't have conversations like this, but I end up in a lot of conversations like this, and they say, you know, if I just knew, I'm asking God, God, give me a sign. I need a sign to let me know you're there. I mean, that was pretty good. I'm gonna be honest. Yeah, that was clapworthy. I'm just going to be honest. Uh, <coughs> um, I need a sign. God, if you'll give me a sign. And you go, well, like, what kind of sign would he give you that you go, like, you know what? This is Jesus. Like, this is it. Like, I remember as a kid, my dad told me the story of the guy. There was a flood, and, and the flood came, and he was on top of his roof, and he was praying, God, save me. God, save me. God, save me. Would you just send someone to save me? And a guy on a jet ski pulled up and, and said, hey, hop on. We're getting out of here. He goes, no, God's going to save me. I'm counting. God's going to save me. A little while later, a guy in a boat came by. He goes, hop, hop in the boat. I'll take you to, to, to safety. And he goes, no, God said he's going to save me. Then they brought a helicopter, and the helicopter came in, and, and they said, hey, come on, we're going to hoist you out of here. This is your last chance. You know, God's going to save me. He died, and he got to heaven, and he said, God, I, I, what happened? I counted on you. You said you were going to save me. I asked you to send people to I asked you to come and rescue me. God goes, I sent you a boat, a plane, a, a, a jet ski. I mean, what else did you need? How many of you know oftentimes we're like that? God, give me a sign. Give me a plan. And the funny thing is, God has already built us with a lot of signs inside of us. God has built us with a lot of signs inside of us. Today, I want you to open your minds and your hearts. Today, what I want to explain to you, I try on Sundays to put things on the bottom shelf, make it as simple as possible. And hopefully I've done that today. But today is a message that I encourage you to stretch your mind a little, to think about, to allow God to speak to you what this looks like in your life. Proverbs 19, 21. Proverbs 19, 21, many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. I read that this week and I couldn't get it out of my mind. 
I couldn't get it out of my mind. I kept going, there's something about this that's just messing with me. I don't know if it's something spiritually. I don't know if it's the, the verbiage around it. But oftentimes, for those of you who go, I don't know when God's speaking to me, oftentimes if I'm reading and I can't shake a verse, I know that God's trying to speak something to me in it. So I start looking into it, and I'm reading it in different versions, and I'm going through all these things. And I had this thought of, it, 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 it's, we read this, many of the plans in a person's heart, but it's the Lord's purpose that prevails. And we think, okay, God, I want your plans. Okay, I know I can mind my, my plans, but God, I want your plans. And we miss something very important about this verse. And I think the whole point of this verse is that it's if you're living for the plans of God, you're shortchanging yourself. Because God doesn't create you with plans. He creates you with purpose. God doesn't create you with plans. He creates you with purpose. And I want to explain to you what this means. Let's put it in the, I have it in three translations for you guys. Because I literally, this was plaguing me all day yesterday. Of find a good way that could, make, could, could help you guys understand what I'm trying to say. Go to the next one, the passion translation. A per, the same verse, different translation. A person may have many ideas concerning God's plan for his life. But only the designs of his purpose will succeed in the end. Listen to this again. A person may have many ideas concerning God's plan for his life. But only the designs of his purpose will succeed in the end. Go to the message translation. We humans keep brainstorming options and plans. But God's purpose prevails. We humans, do you ever feel like that? We keep brainstorming options and plans. Maybe you're not as ADHD as I am, but my mind runs 100 miles a minute. Like, even people go, what are you thinking about when you're up there preaching? I'm thinking of like 100 different things. Like, I'm not even thinking about what I'm saying. I'm thinking of other stuff. I'm thinking what I'm saying in five minutes. That's what I'm thinking right now, okay? So people go, how do you, I don't know, that's how God made me. But my mind does that all the time. So my mind's making plans right now for the message. My mind's also making plans for lunch. My mind's making plans for what I'm going to do tomorrow on my off day. My mind is making a lot of plans all of the time. But how many of you know you only make plans when you don't know what's coming next? You only make plans when you don't know what's coming next. Because plans are a time thing. I'm going to do this, then I'm going to do this, then I'm going to do this. How many, God is outside of time. So God doesn't make planned things. God makes purposeful things. The funny thing about this is, even humans, we don't create things for a plan. You've never, no one ever created a car and said, so this car is going to be here today. Tomorrow it's going to go here. For the next five years it's going to be here. For the no, they made a car for a, a purpose. A purpose. And oftentimes we get caught up going, God, what is the plan? And today I want to show you that the plan is not what you think the plan is. The plan is the purpose. Say that with me. The plan is the purpose. The plan is the purpose. Philippians 2.13, let me show this to you again. This is all over the Bible. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Romans 8.28. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his plans. No? Why not God's plans? That's weird. Because we all want God's plans for our life, right? According to his, his purpose. Which means you weren't made with a plan where God spit you out and said, okay, listen, for three years he's going to be here, then he's going to move here, then he's going to be a Cajun for 17 years, then he's going to go to the military for four years. Then, okay, but if he'll follow this thing, then everything will end up good. That's not how God designed you, created you, or made you to live. 
He created you with purpose. I want to give you three ways as you're praying in these next 21 days to pray that you can understand God's purpose in your your life, not his plan for your life. Because if I can get you to understand this, and if you can understand that it's a purpose thing, it's not a plan thing, it will change the way you view your life and it will change what you expect from God. Number one, number one way to discover your purpose. Let me just say this. Rick Warren, who wrote The Purpose Driven Life. Any of you ever read The Purpose Driven Life? Amazing book. It's like the most sold book of all time next to the Bible. And I think maybe Harry Potter just beat it because Harry Potter's got a lot of wisdom. So that also we can't, can't count him out. If you didn't find your purpose in the Bible or in a purpose-driven life, try Harry Potter next. Um, It's the second most sold book in the world, and it's the second most sold book in the world for a reason. Because the majority of people on this earth do not know what their purpose is. The most asked question, I believe it's 85%, don't don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure they said 85% of people, the greatest question they ask is, what is my purpose? What is my purpose? Why am I here? You ever think that? You ever look at the vastness of the universe and go, why am I here? Like, am I just the, am I just the product of mom and dad and too many bottles of Merlot and a little Martin Luther? I mean, Luther Van Dross, Martin Luther. <laughs> they were reading Martin Luther and drinking Merlot and we're like, hey, Luther Van Dross? Am I just the product of this? Or did God create me for something? It's the question that nags at the heart of all of us. What am I here for? Number one. Stop doing and start being. Stop doing and start being. When you're made for a purpose and not a plan, it means what you ask is not what am I supposed to do, but who am I supposed to be? Who am I supposed to be? Because if you know who you're supposed to be, then you're going to walk in the purpose that you were created for When you're worried about doing, you're worried about what am I supposed to do? What's next? Okay, is this the roadmap? Is this where God has me? Okay, take a step here. Okay, now God, what's the next step? Is this step here? Okay. And God's going, no, just be who I created you to be. And everywhere you go, you will be what I created you to be. Let me say this, a shovel. No one has ever taken a shovel and brought it into school and sat it in a desk and been like, this is our new student, shovel. And shovel, is, he just transferred from out of town. What is it, China? It's from China. And he's excited about learning. Everybody back, that's crazy. Because a shovel doesn't have a purpose but to shovel things. No one's ever been like, oh, maybe this shovel's to drive with. Maybe you're supposed to fly this shovel. Maybe No, because the purpose is very clear. The purpose is you shovel stuff with it. A shovel doesn't worry about what its plans are because it knows no matter where it goes, it's going to shovel. How many know God created you that way? He created you with a purpose, not a plan, so that wherever you went, you would fulfill the purpose you were made for, not the plan that you think you're following. But you will never understand what your purpose is if you're worried about doing and not becoming. In the next 21 days, I want your prayer to be, God, what are you trying to make me? Not where do you want me to do, where are you trying to take me? God, who did you create me to be? What things did you put inside of me that are unique to me? Because let me tell you this, no matter what society says or culture says, you are uniquely made exactly the way you are. And God created you with purpose to do something. All of you have a purpose that God created you for before you were ever born. 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 He created you for it. And when you understand your purpose, everywhere you go, you do your purpose, not because it's what you do, but because it's who you 
are, who you are. That's a great place to clap. Like, that was good. Stop doing, start being. Still under here, if you're taking notes, this is all under number one. Just be present with Jesus. Stop doing and start being. Rick Warren said, when anything in creation fulfills its purpose, it brings glory to God. When anything in creation fulfills its purpose, that means you and me, it brings glory to God. Just be present with Jesus. This is probably 95% of my job, is telling people that Jesus doesn't want you to pray for an hour so that you could say you prayed for an hour. Jesus doesn't want you to read the Bible so you could say you knocked out five chapters and don't you feel way better than the guy next to you that only read one. Jesus isn't asking for any of that. Jesus is going, just be with me. Just spend time with me. Just be close to me. Because what happens is when you're close to the person who created you, you start to see yourself as you really are. And so Jesus is going, hey, just come close to me. If I can just get you close to me, we'll sort through about 80% of the issues that you think you have just by being close to me. You ever been in a fight with your spouse? How many married people we have here? Married, married. How many single people? Single people. Single, keep your hands up. Look around. You're welcome, guys. I got you. Yeah, look, now that both hands, she's like, boom. <laughs> I didn't know this was a match, a dating match service. Now I'm putting all these hands up. You're welcome, by the way, single people. Um, married people, you ever get in a fight with your wife and you're too mad to talk to her and she's too mad to talk to you and so you just don't talk and you start making up stuff in your mind of, of like what you think they're thinking? You look over at them at the couch and they're like, that's smug look. I bet they think they won this fight. Uh-huh. Watch this. I'm, I'm throwing underwear I haven't even worn on the floor. Just, ha, huh, you have to wash those later. Didn't even wear them. You just start making up stuff in your head, you know. Uh-huh, next time she needs me to pump gas, I'm not pumping gas. I'm not doing it. She's going to get on pump the gas. I don't care if it's raining. You know, what if it's hailing? I don't care. You just start, you start having conversations with yourself. You know, this is what she gets. I knew it. When we were dating, I knew I should. Golly. You start having this conversation, and they're just sitting over there quietly. Look at them. Look at how smug they are. Quiet. Just, they're plotting my death, murder. Is she Googling poisons? Is she Googling poisons? You start just creating a dialogue in your own mind of what you think until you start communicating. And it always starts kind of like this. Well, you're just going to say anything? And if your wife's like my wife, she's like, I'm like, that's condescending. Don't let me. And you start having open dialogue, and what you realize is you probably had a lot of thoughts that you thought they were thinking that they weren't really thinking. You're going, I know you're mad because this and that, and they're going like, no, actually, my mom just sent me a text, and I was sad about it, and I was just sitting over here thinking, and you're like, oh, so like, we're not in a fight? Like, no, I've just been really sad, and you didn't ask me what was wrong, and so I kind of got my feelings hurt, and and you go, wait, I thought there was all these issues that now I realize aren't issues because we're communicating. When you spend time with Jesus, that's what happens. You get with Jesus and you go, Jesus, I know you're mad at me. I know, you know, it's been a long time. It's been a long time. I got a lot of sinning, a lot of sinning in. And Jesus goes, hey, I'm just glad to be with you. It's not about what you can do for me, not do for me. I'm just glad to just come close to me. Really? You just want to be close to me? I just want to be close to you. And as you begin to communicate, you begin to change because you understand what his heart is for you. 
You understand what he created you for. You understand your purpose. And the more something understands its purpose, the less likely you are to abuse it. We abuse things when we don't understand their purpose. If I don't know that a hammer is a hammer and I think it's a spoon, that'd make a horrible spoon, but I'd be abusing it, everything I did with it other than hammer things. But oftentimes that's what happens to you and me. We don't know our purpose, so we abuse ourselves. We try this for a little while and 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 nothing works and God, if you would just give me your plans, everything would be fine. And God's going like, look inside because the blueprints are on you. The blueprints are in you. The blue, it, and and for, for us, it seems like foolish. We're like, well, yeah, God, but what do you really want me to do? But I promise you, if you ask the five people closest to you what they think you should do, they probably have a pretty good read on who you are. It would be, I, I can just tell you, if I would have gone to my friends and said, hey, I feel like, I feel like God's plan for my life is I'm supposed to be an accountant. I'm supposed to just sit in the back room, add numbers up. You know, just like, I'm excited about that. Like, they would be like, bro, that is not you. That's miserable. One, you're horrible at math. You can't even do basic math. You're pretty much math illiterate. Two, that's their words, not mine, by the way. Um, two, you love people. You're comfortable on stage. It's, you have a good time with people. This, you love helping people. Why would you do something that has nothing to do with who you are? But many times in search of good plans, we exchange the purpose that God put inside of us. Each and every one of you have a purpose. We want to find our purpose in these 21 days. Number two, prayer is not a mirror. Prayer is a mirror, not a hotline. Prayer is a mirror, not a hotline. What does that mean? Y'all pray the prayers I pray. Okay, we've all been there. You get pulled over and you're Jesus, please, if this cop lets me off, I promise I'm going to tithe more this week, Jesus. I'm going to pray for my aunt. I don't even like my aunt, but I'm going to pray for her. Probably visit an old folks home at some point this week. You, you know, you just start bargaining with God. God, please, if they'll just let me off. God, please, God, please. And you start bargaining with God going, if you just throw up this hotline, please, Hail Mary, let me pass this test, Jesus. If I pass this test, I'll never cheat again. But if I get halfway through the test and you're not helping me, I'm going to cheat, God. So you just need to know that. <laughs> we start praying these hotline prayers. Just kidding, I didn't cheat in high school. Um, that's also a lie. I can't lie on stage. Uh, prayer is a mirror. And what happens is when you look in a mirror, you see what you really are. So prayer is not designed to come to Jesus and go, Jesus, here's all this stuff that I really need. And I, please, Santa, Jesus, help me. Like, this would be great if you could help me, Santa, Jesus. Santa, Jesus. That wasn't like a special, like, Cajun word I said for Jesus. You guys are like, Santa, Jesus. That's not... <laughs> you guys ever hear someone say a word and you thought the context they said the word in was how it was supposed to be used and you didn't realize that they just made the word up? And so, like... I used the word wrong my whole life that I thought was that word because my dad said it one time and I thought we were walking, we're in Atlanta, now I gotta tell you all the story. We're in Atlanta, we're walking through to go to a Hawks game. I was five, six years old. My dad walks past this guy. My dad's a little hood. He's like, hey man, that Hawks whipping, huh? And I was like, I know now he was making a joke about the Atlanta Hawks and the wind, because the wind was blowing so hard. Then I just thought, that's what you say when the wind's blowing hard. So for 15 years, I was like, wind would be windy, I'd be like, that hawk's whipping, and people would be like, what are you talking about? I'm like, you know what I mean. Like, I don't, what's that mean? <laughs> so, <laughs> I forgot how I even got on that. I was like, Santa Jesus, yes, 
you guys are going to be praying. You're going to be like, listen, Santa Jesus. That's what the pastor said, Santa Jesus. Santa Jesus, give me everything I need, Santa Jesus. That's not what prayer is. Prayer is Jesus going, hey, get close to me so I can show you what you really look like. Because the goal of Christianity for all of us is to be transformed to look more like Jesus. And the more we're transformed to look like Jesus, the less we look like everything else around us. You ever think you look good and then you look in the mirror and then you realize you don't look that good? Thank God for iPhones. What did they do before iPhones? I guess they just looked ugly, like a lot. You know what I mean? Like now, if I'm talking to you and I do this, I'm not taking a picture of you. I'm like, is my hair, is my hair right? And I said, I feel something weird. You know, you can't just mess with it. You got to look at it on your phone and then you can mess with it. A mirror is designed to show you what's wrong. And what happens is when you get with Jesus, Jesus goes, hey, look, look, let's, look, let's look at you. Let's, look at, let's get better. Let's look more like me. The goal is for us to look like, more like Jesus. So when we go to Jesus, it's not Jesus, I need all this stuff. It's Jesus, make me more like you. Make me more like you, Jesus. If I can become more like you, Jesus, then I will live my purpose out. If I can become more like you, Jesus, then I'll understand what you put me here to do. If I can become more like you, Jesus, I'll be nicer to the people around me. If I can become more like you, Jesus, I'll love my spouse better. If I can be more like you, Jesus, I'll love my coworkers more. The goal is not to figure out the plan that God has for your life. The goal is to figure out your purpose and to be transformed to Jesus every single day. Be transformed to Jesus every day. The closer I am to Jesus, the closer I am to my purpose. John 3.30 tells us he must increase and I must decrease. This is John. He's saying the whole goal of spending time with Jesus is this. He must increase and I must decrease. When he is made great, everything works good for me. When I am made great, oftentimes I make myself miserable. The goal is he must increase and I must decrease Purpose doesn't come from what you do. Listen to this. Purpose does not come from what you do. Purpose does not come from what you do. It's not your job title. It's not that you're dad or mom. It's not that you're Mr. or Mrs. doctor or a lawyer. Or It doesn't matter what you do. Purpose does not come from what you do. Purpose comes from who you are. From who you are. Okay, a car key. The purpose for a car key is that it starts a car. That's, that's all it is because it's what it is. It's a key. It's created to start a car. You are a key to something on this planet. And when you understand what that is, you unlock not only your future, but you unlock destinies of the people around you. People are looking to see someone genuine, and when they see genuine purpose in us, it inspires them to seek it out as well. Number three, as I close, well, you can come up. Prayer and purpose go hand in hand. Prayer and purpose go hand in hand. Romans 12, too. I love this. Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. Okay, so listen, you're asking, well, how do I figure out my life, Christian? How do I understand the plans God has for me? What do I pray for going into 21 days of prayer? What things do I need to do? What does God want to take me to? And here's what he says. 
Be transformed, inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. So we've already talked about that. When you spend time with Jesus, it changes how you think. It changes who you are. It changes what you see. When you spend time with Jesus, you will experience a total transformation by the Holy Spirit through a reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. So what does he say? He goes, if you want to know what my will is, just spend time with me. Be transformed by being around me. And the more that you're around me, the more you'll understand what I created you for. The more you'll understand what you were supposed to do. But it doesn't happen until we get with Jesus. We spend time with Jesus. We allow ourselves to be transformed. Because Jesus is not concerned on taking you someplace. He's concerned with you becoming who you were made to become. It is entirely about you being made into what he created you to be. Wouldn't it be silly if you walked in someone's house and they said, hey, listen, we're having soup tonight, and here you go. Here's an iPhone to eat that soup with. You'd be like, this is really, this is a weird house. But give me two of them if they're new. Because the purpose of this is not to eat soup with. And when you understand it and you go, hey, you know this isn't a spoon, this is a phone, and you can like do stuff with it, And they all of a sudden, a whole new world is open to them because they just realize what they had been eating with is actually a tool to make their life a lot easier. Some of us have lived our whole lives trying to live for plans and trying to become something and trying to figure out what we're trying to do. And you're eating with an iPhone going, I'm trying to just figure it out. And God's going, if you'll just get close to me, if you'll just understand who you actually are, it will unlock your life and it will make everything you do a lot easier when you understand your purpose. I laid down last night, uh, and, and I, was, I, was, I, I couldn't figure out. There was something I was missing about this. There was something I was missing about this whole thing, and I'm going, God, I'm just, I can't put it together. I know uh, there's something. Maybe you've never written a message. But maybe you've written a paper, and there's just something that nags at you. And I'm laying down going, there's something about this message that's nagging me. I can't figure it out. And I woke up, and as soon as I woke up, this is how God always speaks to me. It always happens when I woke up. It was like clear as day that God just spoke to me and he goes, the plan, the, the plan is, is you. You are the plan. So you go, God, what is your plan for my life? And God goes, no, you have it backwards. You are the plan with a purpose to save a broken and hurting world. So you are the plan. The plan is be you and be you everywhere you go. And when you are you and you are close to Jesus everywhere you go, you end up being the plan lived out. You end up doing stuff just because it's who you are, not because it's what you do. When I was 20 years old, a lot of you have heard this story. When I was 20 years old, I thought I was going to get away from the plan of God. I, I knew God called me to preach, but I didn't want to. I, I, just, it was, I was wild. My dad was a preacher. I was like, I want to do anything but that. So I said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to throw a huge kink in God's plan. Okay, I'm going to go to the Air Force. And then boom, I'll be a military man and it'll just change the total trajectory of my life. Like it'll just, I'll really get away from God. I'm gonna show God I run this show. And then the problem was I could change where I went, but I couldn't change who I was. And so I got in the Air Force and guys are going, I get in and, and they make me a leader of my whole thing at first. And they go, hey, you just got it. There's some, you got leadership on you. And I'm going, like, okay, well, like that's normal. Like it's because I'm tall. When you're tall, people just look up to you. It is what it is. 
And, and people at night, I'd go around and I'd just do what was natural to me, which was I'd go around and I'd pray with guys and, hey, who's got a family? Let's pray for your family. And, and people start going, hey, are you a pastor? I'm like, no, not at all. I'm doing this so I don't have to be a pastor. Like, there's something in you, bro. I think, I think you're a preacher. I'm like, no, that's not. And time after time after time after time of people going, man, there's something you're supposed to, you're supposed to pray. Anybody told you you should be a preacher? No, I've never got that before. Anybody? Because what I didn't realize was changing my location didn't change my purpose. The plan wasn't where I was living. I was the plan. You were the plan. The things that God put inside of you is the plan. The gifts that he gave you are the plan. And when you understand that everywhere you go, you're the plan. When people come to me and they go, Christian, I'm just trying to decide. What am I, am I going to go to this college or this college? What does God want from me? And I'm like, God just wants you to be you and be close to him. And I don't care if it's in Oklahoma or in Texas or at LSU, but it's going to be better if it's at LSU. And God's going to use you. God's going to use you because he created you to do something unique to you. And when you understand your purpose, all of a sudden, it's not about you having to do things to get close to Jesus, do things to make sure you're on the right track, do things to make sure you're walking on the plan that God has for you. All you're concerned with is, Jesus, I want to be close to you, and I want to be whatever you want me to be, Jesus, and I want to look like you. And when you show me the mirror, there's going to be times we go, you know what? I don't like that part. I need to fix that. Jesus, I want to work on this. I want to spend more time with you. Jesus, I need to get better at this. Jesus, I need to listen more. Jesus, I need to be more patient. And as you do that, one day you will walk in a room and people will go God are you a and they'll just label you because it's what you are it's what God created you to be you can run from the plans of God but the purpose of God is imprinted on the inside of you like a fingerprint it's just who you are it's just what comes natural to you prayer is a process through which God can reveal and develop our purpose in us these next 21 days, what I love about it is it gives you an opportunity to set aside time with Jesus every day intentionally to go, you know what, for 21 days, I'm going to spend time with Jesus and just see what it does for me. Listen, I challenge you. If you've never done this, try it for 21 days. Just try it. Get up with us. If it doesn't work, we'll both leave and go find another church together. Try it and see what God does inside of you because it is impossible for you to spend time with Jesus and not be transformed. It's impossible. It is impossible. If you will go, is, let me stop, say this. Is there anything in your life that you go, this could be better? I could get better in this. I need more of this. I, my marriage could be better. My children could be better. My job could be better. My spiritual life could be better. My, I, my life could be better. This is an opportunity for you to do that. This is an opportunity for you to take steps and go, you know what? I'm gonna spend time with Jesus every day. A guy once told me, he said, if you want to know the original intent for anything, go back and look at when it was first created. So if you want to know the original intention of marriage, look in the garden. You want to know the original intention for God and man's relationship, look in the garden. You begin to see what things were created for is what their normal, their intention and their purpose was. When you go back, when you spend time with Jesus every day, what you're doing is you're going back to the beginning. Because all of us have life that has happened to us. All of us have junk that has been put on us throughout our life. And when you spend time with Jesus, Jesus pulls off what's really there and what should be there. He goes, hey, that, you've, been, you've been wearing this and that's, that's not you. I never intended that to be you. You've been walking around with this label on and that's not you. I never intended you to be that. 
You've been trying to be this person, but hey, look, that's, that's not you. You're, you're made for so much more. When you spend time with Jesus, he begins to show you what you were created for. Prayer is the time that you get with Jesus, and all of a sudden he can show you what his heart is for you. What his heart is for you, and his heart is that you would be the plan. Not that you would live a plan, but that you would be the plan. That you would be who he created you to be. Not do what he created you to do. If you will be who you were created to be, you will naturally do all of those things. Religion says, do all of these things to get close to Jesus and be what Jesus wants you to be. That's what religion says. A relationship with Jesus says, hey, just get close to me and and you'll become all those things. Spend time with me and you'll be those things. It's not about trying. You ever been in love? When you're in love, nobody gotta try to make you drive 17 hours to see the person you love. Nobody gotta make you write letters just because you wanna write them letters. How many of you have ever written a letter to someone you loved? How many of you married them and after like five years you stopped writing letters? You're like, That's, that was a, when we was in love, love thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, when you're in love, no one has to ask you to do these things. You just do them. And the goal of 21 days of prayer is for you and Jesus to get close again, for you to fall in love with Jesus and go, hey, I just want to be what you created me to be, Jesus. I just want to be who you created me to be, Jesus. I don't want to be anything else. I don't want to be anyone else. I don't want, Jesus, I want to be whoever you created me to be. And if I can figure that out, I'll figure my purpose out. But you don't find it until you spend time with the person who created it. God built you uniquely for something. You know what I found crazy? Um, On our trailer out there, we have all these like master locks and they all look exactly the same, okay? They're like, I bought them like, I just went in and took the whole shelf. I'm like, give me all these. They're all the same master lock. So the other day, I get out and I go to jump and open it and I have all the keys in a cup holder. Unlabeled, because that's my flow. I just like to figure it out. It's a game for me every time. So I reach in and I go to unlock it. It doesn't lock. But it goes all the way in. The key goes all the way in. It just doesn't, like it doesn't turn it. So I okay, pull out another one. Like That one doesn't turn it. Of course, it's the last one I pull out, okay? But... I'm going through all of them and I'm sitting there. Stuff like that is amazing to me. I'm like, how can they make millions of these locks around the world? And every single one has like a different, like none of these keys would turn any of the other master locks. That's pretty impressive. And in a moment, I was so reminded that that's how your purpose is. Your purpose might look similar to someone else's. Your process may be similar to someone else's. It may look externally like someone else's. But God created you to unlock things on this earth that only you can unlock, that only you will set your hand to, that only when you're in the right spot does the lock turn because it was what you were created for. Great job. Great time to clap. One day we're going to be a clapping church. Would you bow your heads with me? God, we're so thankful. We're so thankful that you didn't just create us to do something. You created us to be something. God, you created us to be something that would make an impact and a difference on this planet. God, you entrusted us with the greatest mission there is to be the plan to transform the world for you. To be people that would go out into a hurting and broken world. That would love and embrace those around us. That would be a reflection of you to those around us. 
And as we are what you created us to be, we begin to change the world around us. God, let us walk in our purpose. I pray these next 21 days, God, as we get up and we spend time with you, I pray that purpose would be something on our hearts. I pray that it's what you would reveal to us, God, whether it's conversations we have with people, whether it's things you speak to us, that you would begin to open our eyes to the purpose you've put inside of us. Jesus, whatever it looks like, we want it. If you created us for it, we want to do it. God, thank you that you loved us enough to create us all uniquely. That we're not just the mold that you're spitting out. But like a chessboard, each of us are a unique piece with a unique set of rules designed to do something that only we can do. God, we love you so much. With every head bowed and every eye closed, there may be some of you here today that go, Christian, this relationship you're talking about with Jesus, I've never experienced that. I've experienced religion. I've experienced the rules, trying to do enough to be close to Jesus, trying to be good enough. And, and that's not for me, but I've never had a genuine relationship with Jesus. A relationship where what he was concerned most with was spending time with me. If that's you, every head bowed, every eye closes between you and Jesus. I just want to pray for you. And you say, today, I've never had that, but I want to start that relationship with Jesus. Would you just slip your hand up for me? I just want to pray for you. Amen. Amen. Anyone else? Last chance. Hey, that's me. I just want to start that relationship with Jesus. I'm sick of religion. I want a relationship. Amen. Amen. Now we're going to pray this prayer, and you can pray it after me. You can pray it under your breath. You can say it out loud. You can say it in your heart as long as you mean it. That's what I ask. Dear Lord Jesus, Today, I realize my need for you. Jesus, I've been trying to make it by the rules. I've been trying to be good enough, do enough. But today I realize, Jesus, all you want is me. Jesus, I believe that you're the son of God. I believe that you came from heaven to earth to live a perfect life. And then you died a death on the cross that I should have died so that I didn't have to. I believe you paid my sin bill, Jesus. And then I believe you rose from the dead to give me new life and freedom so that I could live with you forever. Today, I become a follower of Jesus. I commit to spend time with him, to love him, and to allow myself to be transformed by him. In Jesus' precious name, amen and amen. Hey, would you give a hand to those that just made the greatest decision of their lives? Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. We hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram using at Valley Rise Church. We hope you enjoy today's message and we'll see you soon.